Music, celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, last weekend you heard the first part of our interview with Brian Vander Ark of The Verve Pipe, best known for their song, The Freshman. And now we'll get back with Brian, where he's talking about his songwriting process. How do you resolve the write for yourself versus write for radio dilemma? Oh, I don't write for radio anymore. I just don't. I don't write with radio in mind because I'm not sure radio would play anything by us anymore. Uh-huh. And honestly, I don't know how much of a reach that has. I think, like, personality shows like you guys have going on, and there are other shows like the big one, of course, Howard Stern talk shows, that kind of thing. Right. That kind of radio has a bigger reach. But pop radio, I'm not sure, has as much reach as it used to. Uh-huh. And it's not nearly as relevant, I think, as what the other medias make it. Yeah. But most people, I think, in my age group, you know, when you're in your 40s and 50s, and that they find music through word of mouth, especially music lovers. They don't really listen to the radio or recommend a radio station that's going to play songs. So there's really no need for us to write for radio, which in itself is freeing as well. Very now, every song that I write, I could think to myself, this is a hit song. I know what pleases me, and I think in my head, this is really catchy. But I would never take that then and go to radio and say, hey, would you play this? Right. Believe it or not, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And not being signed to a label, too. You know, when a label takes 90% of your money and you make 10%, and then you split it with five members of a band, totally. you know, you really don't make enough money to pay the mortgage and have a family and right. have a nice living. And now I have a beautiful house and beautiful wife and three kids, and it's, I mean, I can afford to pay my taxes, you know. So, <laughs> That's so it's a, a good, good living. Yes. I couldn't have this if we were still on a record label. Speaking of that, how has becoming a dad changed your approach to like touring schedule and things yeah well that's the biggest thing is that the touring has changed the band doesn't tour as much i play house concerts like crazy I started solo right this, yeah, yeah yeah i, I show up with a guitar playing somebody's living room or the backyard i've done this now for nine years Hi. i cut it back now but i used to do about a hundred a summer so i would go from one to the next i'd do three or four a day in the weekend and just by myself usually in a rental car and i just show up and I knock on the door, and I don't know the people, but they had booked me, and I'd go in and play for a couple hours, and I'd back them go to the next one. It's awesome. Uh-huh. Now that I have kids, I can do that on the weekends. For Saturday, I can play three or four of those house concerts in a row, and then I've just played four shows in one week where I have the rest of the week to spend time with the family. Yeah, gotcha. So how do you market that? How did you get the word out about the house concerts? Uh, or I put it-, it out to our fans, put an email out to our fans, and I said, look, I played this birthday party. It was a lot of fun. Everybody bought CDs. Please book me into your home. I'll consider any offer, because I don't want just rich people to give me it. Right. right. So I'll consider any offer. I don't usually have a PA system, so I'll just show up and play. I'll play all the songs you want me to play. i stay for an hour for a performance, and I'll stay for an hour to hang and take pictures and teach you how to play guitar or something, you know? <laughs> I booked like 52 shows in 24 hours the first year. It was like, okay, there's a market for this. Isn't it great not to have to go through a venue and all of that? Well, that's what I mean. When the Verve Pipe plays a show, you know, you get to the venue at four. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to deal with a surly sound man until six <laughs> when you do sound check. Totally, yeah. And then you do sound check, and then you wait for four or five hours to play one show, and then you get out of there at midnight, uh-huh. and you get home at two or three, or you go to the next venue. That's no way to make a living in music. Right? This way you don't even have to deal with sound as well. It's so freeing, too. Do you know anyone else who does this, like of your caliber who does this? 
Um, well, I mean, caliber, what caliber? <laughs> Thanks for that. But, uh, no, I've tried to talk to friends who are in the same position I was 10 years ago, where you end up playing at sports bars with TVs going right. and everything. Right. And you, people are just waiting to hear the one you know hit song you had. And I try to convince them, look, do this. Trust your fans aren't going to murder you. Right. <laughs> right. No stalkers. It's not an ambush. My manager hated this idea because there was this fear that they would say that 50 people were going to be there. And then you go there and it's just one lonely woman in a wedding dress or something. Right. <laughs> you know, but that has never happened. Um, I'm not sure that anybody does it the amount that I do it. Yeah. I mean, that actually goes out and books three or four shows a day. I mean, most people I think that do house concerts will consider one day, one show. You don't have to do that. I mean, we all played the gigs where you had four sets a night. Why not just go play four shows? Right, exactly. Four one-hour shows. What's the difference? And then you make four times the money. Uh Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So out of the box. I love that. It's singer-songwriter Brian Vander Ark of the band The Verve Pipe here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now let's talk about your voice. You have such a cool tonality and very emotion-ridden voice. So now when you write melodically, do you write with your own vocal abilities in mind and knowing that, gosh, if I go here, this will bring out the emotion? You can always tell when interviewers are musicians. It's a great question. And I have to say, and I'm sorry to do this to you, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> but it is a great question. Okay. <laughs> but I just don't. You know, other guys in the band over the years would tell me, okay, your voice will sound better in this key, or let's move it up, or let's bring it down, or whatever. I have no idea about that. Okay. All I know is what I feel at the moment, and if I feel like I'm singing something live, I try a new song out live, I go, oh, wow, that's low for me. And I'm not able to get up there and get the emotional impact that I should be getting in my own head then I'll know I need to change something. But writing it, no. It's all about the melody coming first and then making the lyrics fit in sync with the melody and having a compelling lyric as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. All right. And then what can fans expect from the show? First of all, our show has gotten a little bit different over the years, but they can definitely expect to hear a lot of songs from Zillans, the big album, including Freshman, Photograph, and all those songs. But we also have this amazing harmonica player named Griff, and we've got a couple backup singers. It looks like a party on stage. Okay. We have a lot of fun. We're not shoegazer. We're not a shoegazer band. You know, we don't stare <laughs> at our shoes while we play. And yeah. We do care what people think at the okay. show. We want people to be entertained. I mean, we're excited. You get to play with Fuel, too. I haven't seen those guys in 15 years, you know. Yeah. Brett and I used to be good friends, and, uh, you know, you lose contact with all these guys. So it'll be good to see those guys, too. Yeah. And reconnect, yeah. Now, before we let you go, I want to talk a little bit about the song Colorful and how it was featured in Rockstar and how that all came about. So I was signed to EMI Publishing, and they, you know, once a week or something, they would say, we need this kind of song for this movie and this kind of song for this movie. And I saw, you know, they were doing a movie about Judas Priest, you know, the Judas uh-huh. Priest story. But they wanted a song that was kind of a ballad, Seattle-esque ballad, early 90s. I thought, well, that sounds like something I could do. So I, they sent me the script, I read the script, and then I wrote the song for the movie. And then I took the script, I, I also do a little bit of acting. So I flew to L.A. and I said, hey, I know you're hiring musicians as actors, let me read for this. So I got to read for the casting the director and then the director. And I gave them this demo of the song. Okay. And then I left and I didn't hear anything for like, three months I thought well that you know that's there goes that, that. Didn't happen for yeah. Me. yeah but then on my doorstep they left Rockstar was on my doorstep I was like what is this and I'm looking through it I go oh my god they printed the lyrics of Colorful in the script 
And I was like, oh my God, they totally stole my song. <laughs> so I called my manager. I called my manager. They stole my song. I can't believe it. He goes, hold on. Let me find out what's going on. It turns out that they were going to use it. And then I got the part. Nobody even bothered to call me. Nobody bothered me. to tell you. Yeah. It was like, oh, we're so sorry. Yeah, we're going to start filming in a few weeks. You know, geez, are you going to tell me? What? So that's how that came about. And then, you know, having Mark Wahlberg lip sync. Um, to your voice. My voice was really weird. Was that weird seeing your voice come out of him? It was so weird. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, Mark, this does not work. And he's like, don't worry about it. No one will even care. No one will know. And sure enough, people think that Mark sang the song. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but it was weird until the checks started coming in. And everything, yeah, like, oh, I'm fine with this. Everything's been cool then. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, we want to thank you for sharing your career with us. It's fascinating to hear about it. And Brian, thanks for stopping by. Oh, you guys were great. Thanks so much. Looking forward to being there again. That's Brian Vander Ark with The Verve Pipe. Make sure you check him out this weekend at Tri-City Barbecue Fest in Denison, Iowa. Up next, Al Petrelli of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show.